This is Bitchifter, and you're listening to the Game Wave Podcast. This is Galaxy Wolf, and you're listening to the Game Wave Podcast. Hey, this is Norlof, and you're listening to the Game Wave Podcast. This is Comptroller, and you're listening to the Game Wave Podcast. I'm IYD, and you're listening to the Game Wave Podcast. This is TDK, and you're listening to the Game Wave Podcast. Hey! This is Nash Metal. You're listening to the Game Wave. I'm Danimal Cannon in the United Kingdom, and you're listening to Game Wave Podcast.
Okay, hello and welcome to Cheap Wave number eight on the Game Wave podcast. My name's Joe Allen. Hey, and I'm Cheap Shot. Yep, I'm here in Sheffield and Cheap Shot's all the way over there in Ibaraki, right? Yep, Ibaraki, but we'll, we'll say Tokyo because it's what people know. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, you just heard a track that I'm really digging at the moment. I think I came across this one when Brandon from Chip Tunes Equals Win posted it in the group. That was Starcade by Dream Fiend, and it's a, a free download on Bandcamp, so go and check that out if you liked it. Yeah, cracking tune. Really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, very synth wavy. Yeah, and that's uh, an artist from Melbourne, Australia that I wasn't familiar with. So yeah, nice, nice to have a new, a new artist for me to to know about as well. Great. Yeah, um, we've got a lot of music coming up on today's show. Like we really shouldn't leave it this long because we've got probably more tracks than we've ever played on the show. I reckon. Um, we, be- today. we better shut up and get on with it. Well, yeah, but we also better preview that we've also got. An exclusive from City Guys, Ooh. from uh, based in Sheffield, and we'll be talking a bit about that later. And we've got an interview, haven't we, that you secured with yes. basically the king of chip tune, in my opinion. Yes, like, doesn't get much bigger. Yep, cheap shot. <laughs> <laughs> you interviewed no. yourself. <laughs> no, I uh, I attended low le- low level uh, festival a, a few weeks ago. Is it a week ago? Yeah. Well. Mid-August, uh, I attended Low Level Festival, and my plan was actually to get a ton of um, interviews with the artists and the people that were playing. But you know how it goes. Um, this happens having, every time you go to a festival. I was having a bit too much fun, ended up just getting one. But it's a good one, it's with Bitshifter, yeah. so yeah, look forward to that. Yeah, so that'll be good. Yeah, alright, so the next track we've got is by Zemo Gassa and Raphael Goulart. It's a little cl- collaboration, and it's called Mutual Feelings. So check that out.
So you just heard Mutual Feelings by Zemo Gassa and Raphael Goulart. And I think it's worth mentioning that Zemo Gassa is, I think, either 14 or 15 years old, which is... Either way, yeah, he's, he's far too young to be making such amazing music. Yeah, definitely. Uh, do you want me to do the requests? Yeah, we got a request from Alex Peterman. XX, a track called XX by a, a band called Sports. Sports. Hmm, yeah, the band's name is Sports. Sports. Yeah, and he said, a couple of local boys jamming some Nintendo synth pop. Not too well known yet, but I, I took a listen to the whole release and it's decent stuff, so hopefully uh, they will get the word out there and more people will get to know them. Yeah, agreed. Um, definitely under the radar for me, so thank you very much for sharing it, Alex. Yep. Let's go. So I've got these things that I want to say, but when I say them, they don't come out right anyway. It's all right. I know you don't even listen. Got these things that I'd like to do with my life. No motivation that's coming through. It's okay. Didn't want to be anything anyways. And I broke your heart. You transplanted mine into your black magic soul to confine me. Oh, for eternity. Okay, so welcome back. You just heard XX by a band called Sports Sports, and that was a request by Alex. And if you'd like to send a request in for a video game related track you'd like us to play, then just hit us up on Facebook or send us a tweet. Mm-hmm. Now, coming up now, we've got a big chunk of three tracks that are all related in, in the kind of style that they employ. They're all chiptune but they're all kind of very tropical or cumbia-based. Yeah, yeah, we talked about this on a previous show a little bit. There's kind of a a trend at the moment in electronic music, which I'm really enjoying, for uh, Latin-style beats Mm. and that whole boom, boom, kind of rhythm, which uh, it's a welcome change because, you know, obviously a lot of electronic music is just four to the floor. 
Hmm. And it's uh, I, I like the fact that this kind of world bass sound is coming in, and it's starting to infiltrate chip tune by the looks yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's you know the the artists from that region are branching out and and starting to yeah. become a little bit more well known, and it's a good thing for sure. Yeah, that's right. So the first track of this little block is by an artist. Uh, it's two games, one boy, isn't it? Which uh, mm -hmm. you released something on Cheap Beats by him, didn't you? Yeah, we had a release from Two Games, One Boy last year, and yeah, I was just really impressed with his sound and and the melodies and everything. And he's he's also a, a performance artist, I believe. He's a like a professional juggler or something, or a, a street artist. Ah, right. Anyway, pretty crazy dude. Um, yeah. So yeah. Yeah, so we've got a track by him coming up, and then uh, I, I came across this, well, it's new to me, uh, label, from Argentina. It's called Blip Blop, and they seem to specialise in a lot of this Latin-style stuff, so we're going to play a couple of tracks from their two latest releases. The first track is by Los Pat Moritas. Um, isn't Pat Morita the... Uh, He's the guy from Karate Kid, isn't he? Oh, <laughs> I do not know. I think I he is. So, I actually uh, met this guy in uh, in Melbourne as well. This this March, we both played uh, Square Sounds Melbourne together. Ah, and, interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah. He he had like a thirty minute show of him with his Game Boy, and he sings over his tracks as well, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, so, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he was wearing some kind of extremely floral trousers or something, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> pretty cool. Nice, yeah, so we've got a track by him, and then to finish this section off, we've got something by Nino Virtual, and he's actually re actually released a video for the track we're going to play, which you can see on YouTube, uh, so we'll include a link to that in the show notes, mm -hmm. and did you take a look at the uh, the video? Yeah, I watched it, it's a lot, lots of taco eating, um, <laughs> yeah. and an odd dancing, so... Lots of close-ups of, uh, yeah, it's kind of <laughs> yeah, disgusting we... actually. But yeah, check the video out. Um, always good to see chiptune artists making visuals to accompany their music. So yeah, let's get into this tropical section. Uh, the first track now is Acid Cumlib by Two Games, One Boy.
what you're drinking tonight. That's a good point. We're on the Aoni tonight. So. Ah, back on the Blue Devil. Back on the Blue Devil, yeah. No more Asahi. Asahi, yeah, it's not, it's not the best. It's really not. It's really not. Okay. Uh, yeah, let's get into uh, a bit of chat about low level then. I heard you were drinking a lot of beer there as well. <laughs> Who told you that? <laughs> it, it may or may not be true. Um, yeah, anyway, so low level. Low level, low level. Where do we begin? This was Low a bra- level... brand... No, was it its second year this year? Second time, yeah. yeah. It did it two years ago was the first time. And this is the second one. Yeah. Um, it's a chiptune, dance music, and indie game-related festival, two-day festival, that happens in New York. Um, hopefully they will do it um, every year from now on. Um, yeah, and that happened in mid uh, mid-August, I decided to go kind of mid-July time, mm. um, very last, last minute. I was actually planning on going to MAGFest, which is in January next year, but my, uh, my school year starts, well, comes back from Christmas around that time, so I had to cancel right. that. And I was like, well, if I'm not going to MAGFest, what can I go? I really wanted to go to the States, and I learned about low level, and I was like, right, I'm going to yeah. go to that instead. And yeah, really, really happy that I did. I think me and uh, Citrix uh, from Australia, we both kind of decided at the same time. He sent me a message on Facebook saying, oh, Yorkie, I'm, I'm thinking of going to uh, low level instead of square sounds this year. And I was like, yeah, cool, man, I'm going anyway. And he was like, all right, then, that's decided it for me. So, <laughs> so we both went over um, with very last minute. And yeah, it was wicked. Um, altogether, a three-day kind of festival. We had a pre-party on the Thursday. Friday was the first day of the event, and Saturday was the second day of the event. Well, you and were asked to play the uh, the pre-party, weren't you? That's right. Yeah, um, I put the feelers out and said if there's anything going, I'd love to play. And they got me, Citrix, and Bitshifter together for the pre-party, which was a pleasure and an honour and a very delightful thing. So. Well, yeah, you talk yeah. a bit about that in the interview, don't you? As well. Correct, yep. uh, but yeah, um, what can I say, my own, um, what, my own perception, my own feedback on the event, if you like, is in that, inshore, in yeah. cancel, <laughs> is, uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a really nice mix of everything that I mentioned above, the chiptune was really well represented, the chiptune scene was really well represented, the indie gaming scene was really well represented with some amazing video games that, that you know, just blew your mind um the the one the one that really uh was quite interesting was just a, a, a single strip line of leds that's all it was so if you can imagine just the strip of leds from attached to a, a, a spring that goes all the way up the wall and you control this single dot that that hmm. kind of the, the goal is to get to the very top of this uh strip of leds and there's like obstacles in the way and things that you can do with the spring to move it and attack and stuff. Anyway, very, very strange. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, in, in terms of the chip scene that was there, um, it was great to see uh, Trey Frey finally. Yeah. Um, I, I hadn't seen him play before and I hadn't met him before. So personally for me to meet him, uh, to hang out with Iad as well, I'd, I'd never met a, uh, oh, sorry, I Am Alex. Your Destruction. Yeah, yeah, Alex, I'd never, never met him before either. And who else had I never met before? Well, there's a few people, but um, still, to hang out with those guys was just, like, amazing. A dream come yeah. true. So, very, very <laughs> happy with that. 
Um, yeah. What about New York? Did you get to do any sightseeing? Very good point. Um, I stayed with Don Miller, a.k.a. Oh, no yeah. Carrier, for nine days. For the, for the entirety of my trip there, I ojamashimashita to uh, <laughs> uh, uh, No Carrier for the whole time. And he was an awesome host. Uh, he gave me, and actually just, just being there and uh, speaking to people that know, know the place was, was wicked, like um, Akira, yeah. you know, AGB yeah, yeah. Akira. Oh, is that where he, he lives? Uh, yeah, he lives in New York now, so mm. he, we, we got the train together, and I don't know, like living in Japan, everything was just <laughs> terrifying, I don't know, <laughs> maybe if I, if I went from the UK, it wouldn't be quite so bad, but going from mm. Japan, I was like, this subway, it's just scary as hell. There's like people talking to themselves. There's people that are <laughs> huge compared to me because I'm quite a small fella, right? Um, yeah. And I was, uh, saying this to, I was saying all this to Akira and I said, look, right, I'm glad you're with me because this place freaks me out a bit. This is like when I first got there and I hadn't co- quite acclimatized. And he was like, yeah. no, mate, it's all good. You'll get used to it. It's fine. Everyone's cool. And then all of a sudden, like sitting across from us, across from us there was this massive geezer and uh, all of a sudden, he, he just said, "Let me ask you guys a question. Do you believe? Do you believe in a global Earth or a flat Earth?" And we was like, "What the?" F-? Um, so yeah, I was a bit bit taken aback by that. Um, I definitely got that impression when I uh, when I visited LA. It's uh, right. there's there's a lot of extreme characters, and I mm, think mm, mm. in the UK, people and definitely in Japan, people the, there's a uh, a sense that you should keep yourself to yourself, but I don't think they have that in America. Nah, nah, nah. Which is it's good, you know. People talk more and mix more, I guess. Yeah, I mean the diversity is the main thing, really. I, mean, you, I came yeah. back to Japan and I got the train, I got the train to work, and I was like, okay, so everyone's the same color. They've yeah. all got the same sh- shirt and tie on. They're all going to the same job, essentially. And mm. uh, it was just like, in a way, it's. I think Nathan, uh, what's his name? Uh, Mr. Spastic mentioned this on Twitter right. that you know the, the diversity or the lack of diversity is kind of a double-edged sword. In that, you know, it's it's good and safe, but at the same time, it's not very interesting. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But anyway, uh, re- regarding the the venue, the event, it was really good. Uh, the games were great. The chip tune uh, artist Chip Zell, of course, was there. Mm. She she really, she really sm- smashed it. It was great to see. Um, do you know uh, a- a Nova or um, Anova? I know of him. Yeah, yeah. We've played him yeah, on the show. Yeah, he, he essentially did like a 45-minute footwork set. It's like a real, <laughs> like 160 BPM. And then it turns out that he did it all on Amiga. So, yeah, yeah, I was really impressed with that. So, yeah, let's, uh, should we jump into the BitShifter interview? Yeah, well, let's um, play a track from BitShifter first. Um, I've got a track off his debut, Life's a BitShifter, which is probably one of my most listened to chiptune albums of all time. Nice. Um So we'll play the track March of the Nucleotides and then we'll get into the interview.
everyone, this is Cheap Shot. I'm here in New York. I came over for low level, low fi uh, game and chiptune event that happened here just recently. I'm outside in the streets with Josh, aka Bitshifter. What's up, everybody? There we go, guys. We've got a big interview for you today. Uh, so, uh, me and Josh, we both played the, uh, the low level pre party. So first of all, what were your, uh, what, how was how was the pre-party? Well, first of all, I was really really excited to have been even uh, thought of or involved at all. I think I don't know if the idea originated with uh, Batsley Adams, the famous visualist, or with Citrix or with you, James. Um, but in any case, I found myself uh, cc'd on an email thread about doing a pre-party for the low-level event, and I was just you know pleased as punch to have been a part of it at all. And um, when it all took place and came together, it was uh, just an unbelievable event. Just, just to stop you there, Josh, I just saw, uh, what was that? Uh, was I think it? it's your imagination, James. No, no, there was a... We definitely don't have rats in New York City. <laughs> There's no rats in New York City. That's an urban myth. Amazing. A rat just came out and said hello to us and popped away again. Now, what you can't see here is I have one foot on a fire hydrant, and so if a rat does appear, I'm ready to step up on it and shriek <laughs> like the old Tom and Jerry cartoons. Yeah, so the pre-party, yeah, we, I think we're both surprised to uh, have been invited to play. Um, it was obviously a privilege for both of us. A great vibe, though, yeah. It was so much fun, and uh, it was it was. Uh, I was just really excited to be able to share a bill with Cheap Shot, yourself, James, um, Citrix, and uh, Basley Adams on yeah. this. Um, we did it at a, spa a space in Brooklyn called Brandon Saloon, which has been the home in the past for a series of uh, chip-oriented um, events called um, Kick Snare, uh, uh, okay. an event series. And uh, so it was really great to sort of return there. And uh, it's a really small, cozy space, um, cheap drinks, great food, yep. and uh, a really raucous environment. And it was just a blast. And, and this I was in Brooklyn, right? Yes. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was. A, it was an awesome, awesome event. Very happy to have played in New York. Uh, something I can tick off my bucket list now. And to finally like, or to see you <laughs> play again after so many years, yeah. and to see Citrix play again, like it was a real treat for me in particular. Sweet, sweet. Uh, so we will move on to the main event, the Low Level Festival. Uh, two days of. So if you're not familiar with Low Level, it's not a pure chip tune event like we have in Square Sounds or uh, I want to say Superbyte or Chip Fest in the UK. It's more uh, broad, I guess, right? So they cater towards the indie gaming scene and the underground music scene and the chip scene. Yeah, I, I would agree. I would agree. I think it's... Um I, th I feel like lo-fi sounds or low-bit sounds are one element among many in, in the way that they curate the low-level festival. Um, many of the um, performers could be described as um, uh, like synthwave, things like that, more yeah. atmospheric, uh, slightly higher fi, but with a similar kind of like um, retro appeal, or, or uh, so to speak. Um, but yeah, it's it's a really diverse event, and mm. uh, I thought all the performers were really really strong. Yeah. Um, any particular highlights, games or performers that you? Uh that you saw? Um, for me, it's hard to pick any particular, any specific favorites. Right, um, right, right. I was super excited to see Chipsel perform again. Um, she's just, she's unstoppable. Her, her level of energy during her sets is just <laughs> is through the roof, and uh, everyone in the room would agree. Yep. Um, I really love Ducky, the closer for the second night. Yeah, um, it, was it was really incredible. Um, I, I really was enjoying that set. And then on the game side, um, I didn't play, I didn't get a chance to play too many of the games, but um, what was the one? Lion Wiggler? Was that the one that was just a string, a single yeah, linear yeah, string of that. LED lights going up about like 20 feet up against the wall? Yeah. was just a brilliant sort of take on what constitutes a video game. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It was really the, 
was no proper video, or maybe there was, depending on what your interpretation is of yeah. what defines the video. Um, it was a single linear string of LEDs colored in different ways, and you control a particular dot, and your objective is to get to the top. Mm. Um, and you, as strange as it might sound to those who can't see it, um, you actually are up against some obstacles on the yeah. way. Yeah. Um, it's a, and it's all joystick controlled, so it's very sort of minimal, um, yeah. but really, really a neat idea. Very minimal, very tactile, because it was like a, one of those doorstopper springs that you kind of hold to. Yeah, the it wasn't a typical joystick. It was, so yeah, exactly. The more you pushed it forward, obviously the more force you put into it, the more it accelerated. Uh, if you shook it, for example, if you shake the, the, the doorstop, it will go... Yeah, it was a very sort of, like you say, like a utilitarian spring-loaded right. yeah, um, joy, uh, take on a joystick. Um, when it shakes like that, that's actually like a little explosion that kills the bad guys. It's really hard to explain if you haven't seen it, but yeah, it's, it was a great game. I had to watch people play it about five <laughs> times before I decided to treat, give it a shot myself, but it yeah. was funny how intuitive it was once yes, I had I my agree, hand on the joystick. joystick. Um, otherwise... Um, Batsley Adams, who was who did Viz for us at the the pre party, um, is also a brilliant um, hardware engineer and and, uh, and programmer in his own right. And he had two games on uh, represented in the low level uh, festivals gaming section. One of which was um, Vec Nine, which is my understanding, um, and I don't don't quote me on this, but my understanding it's the first new vector based cons- uh, cabinet video game yep. to be produced in. I want to say at least 10, 15 years, if not more. Yeah, so the um, screen on that, I wasn't quite sure. I didn't hear all the, the tech um, in, insides, but um, it's not a normal monitor, like an old cathode ray monitor, or it's not, an, it's not an LCD monitor. It seems to be like just a single electron beam that's being drawn on the screen, like super fast or something. It could be. I don't know the techniques myself, but um, I will say it, it doesn't look... It's, it's It looks really slightly different strange, and, yeah. and more sort of distinct and more brilliant than... Um, this, uh, than other vector-based uh, games that I've seen in the yeah. past, but I, it, I, for, for, it's based. It's not pixel-based. There's no pixels. No, yeah, yeah correct. It's yeah. like it's drawn uh, very precisely by an electron beam. So yeah, uh, we'll, we'll put a link in the description anyway. And uh, that that game actually, the controller from that, it's the controls from an old. I want to say Second World War. I'm not sure, but it's from a Russian tank. Actually. That's my understanding too. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't verify this, but when uh, when Batsley says that's where I came from, I have no reason to yeah. not believe him Incredible because that's game. exactly the kind of thing he would do <laughs> is to create a game controller out of the actual cockpit controls from an old tank. Yeah, yeah. Um, and his second game, just to close the loop on the thought, he also had a second game um, in the event, which is called Super Russian Roulette, mm-hmm. which has been getting some notoriety online lately. So yep. it's worth a it's worth a Google search. I think the Kickstarter um, is finished now, right? On yeah, it is, uh, and I believe it was uh, I believe it was successful uh-huh. in, uh, with with flying colors. Um, a really brilliant take on uh, it's a whole new use for the Nintendo Zapper gun yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and uh, in a kind of cowboy western your life is at stake yep. uh, Russian roulette kind of context it's worth it's worth a, a Google search yeah if, again uh, we'll, the uh, we'll put the, the, the notes in the description alright uh, final final question then what's uh, what's up next for you anything in the near future or um, future. I, for myself personally, I've been I've been kind of laying low, um, but I have a few exciting gigs in the, on the horizon. I'm excited about um, the next of which is Breakfast in uh, in Cincinnati, Ohio, oh, nice. um, over Labor Day weekend here in the states. Um, another one that I can't announce yet in early November, but um, I'll be spamming the internet about it. And beyond that, I'm just excited to um, I don't know rejoin the fray a little bit, get more active in music. I've been a little bit out of the loop for a while, right, right. and it's a treat for me to be able to. to uh, have a little bit of a class reunion with Cheap Shot and Citrix okay. this weekend and uh, and do a gig together and I hope yeah, we yeah. get a chance to do more of those in the near future. Absolutely. Well, Josh, it's been uh, great to see you and thank you very much for the interview. Thank you. Uh, finally, if you could just give us a shout out like this is BitShifter and you're listening to the Game Wave podcast. You got it. This is BitShifter and you're listening to the Game Wave podcast. Okay, so 
once again, big thanks to Josh for doing that interview for us. Like, it just amazes me how humble he is and how modest. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's probably just the most humble guy in chip tune, and he d- really doesn't need to be. But you know, um, yeah, yeah, it was awesome. Really glad to have him as a friend. You know? Yeah, he's a good um, guy and a good supporter of the scene as well. Absolutely, an ambassador. Yeah. Um, speaking of low level uh, and what what actually happened there, if you go to chiptography.com, chiptography.com, uh, this is Marjorie, and she does all the, the, well, obviously, based on the name, she takes um, photos of all the chip events, mm. and she's uploaded now low level, low level Festival Day 1 and 2, as well as the pre-party as well, I believe. And you can see some of the indie games that were being played there, uh, as well as the artists and the visual artists as well. And there's also a really nice shot of Danimal Cannon playing the uh, the LED game that I was talking about. So, yeah, oh. check it out. So, next we are going to play the exclusive track from City Guys, which we mentioned at the top of the show. City Guys is two artists. We've played them on the show before. It's mm. um, Titch, who runs Off Me Not Records, based in Sheffield. They do a lot of bassline and... Um, just wacky, crazy electronic music, and um, they're getting so huge now. Like, have you heard of Boomtown Big Festival I in the UK? No, 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 it's probably becoming the biggest, you know, festival in the UK. It's an actual town. Um, it's it's miles and miles wide, and the site isn't anything but that year round. They build it all um, huh. during the year, and then. By the time it's festival season, they've got like over 40 stages and you just wander around and, and experience all sorts of music. I haven't been, but one of my best, mm. well, a few of my best mates have been. And off me not, I get invited to play all the big stages these days, which is just great to see. That's amazing. Yeah. And Titch also does recordings for... MCs and bands and things like that and mm. my, my, my metal band recorded REP with him which has just premiered actually I'll just this is non chiptune related at all but if you uh, fancy checking out what I do when I'm not involved in chiptune then um check out my band Kurakuma on Facebook uh, I love Ke- the pronunciation yeah Sheffield style <laughs> Kurokuma um mm. K U R O K U M A uh, we've just released our debut EP, which Titch recorded. But anyway, I was over at his studio the other night, finishing off um, another track with him, and we got talking about music and City Guys, and he just played me a load of his new stuff and said, here's an exclusive you can have. Um, he said, they're working on a new album, and it's he don't know when it's going to be out, but they're, kind of, they're writing like a script for it, so there's going to be um, kind of little sketches, I guess, in the mm. tracks or in between them. Uh, sounds pretty cool. And they're also yeah. going to have a track by CFAX Acid Crew on it. So Incredible. It should be decent. That'll be released on Off Me Not at some point in the future. Yeah, this this track that um, we're playing today, it has a very much, it has a very uh, video game soundtrack feel, which is a bit yeah. different to their previous release. Um, so yeah, I like I like the direction that they're going in. Yeah, man, I mean... This is just great, whatever he turns his hand to. Uh... It's just so different to Off Me Nut, though, right? Yeah. I mean, 
because their stuff is the kind of music you'd play in a club. Um, but that's what's great about Off Me Not. Like they actually just don't give a. <laughs> <laughs> and I have seen sets where Titch has dropped these tracks, and people just go, "Well, they like it because it's got that old school video game sound." And you nice. know, everyone knows the Sonic the Hedgehog snare. You know what I mean? So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. So this is submarine and, fun- and funky. Oh, sorry, sorry. I was going to say oh, the funky, the funky bassline as well, right? Yeah, of course. The F- FM, FM bassline style. It's just good music. Um, it is. It is. And yeah, I look forward to seeing what City guys come up with. So uh, check it out. This is an, an exclusive for the Game Wave podcast, Submarine Zone by City Guys. <laughs>
Alright, you just heard uh, Submarine Zone by City Guys and Glass Heart by Joker. And Joker is another UK producer who originally started in the, the kind of dubstep scene, I yeah. believe, and has now t- turned his hand to this very funky FM, Sega Genesis style um, music. He's had two releases already, and I believe this is his third release, right, Joe? Yeah, it's kind of his third release using the the uh, old school game sound. Um, mm. His his other two releases, which I assume are still up for free download on SoundCloud. SoundCloud, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Right. They um were two of my well, probably two of the best chiptune releases in my opinion, kind of ever. Um, just really well written music with uh, Sega Mega Drive samples and. This latest release, it's called um, 24-Bit EP, and it's more going towards, it's moving away from the soundtrack feel and getting towards more kind of just regular electronic music using video game samples, like more dubstepy sounds. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it's all good stuff, and it's um, good to see kind of someone in the mainstream pushing that sound, I guess. For sure, yeah, for sure. All right, Joe, let's talk about upcoming events. Uh, what have we got coming up? Well, we've got one that's taking place kind of as we speak, mm. isn't it? And that's Breakfast, which Bitshifter mentioned a little in his interview. He's kind of, Is he headlining that, I guess? Yeah, yeah. Him and Chris Kaiser are both heading down from uh, New York, so... But it's a really... That, that kind of lineup is, you know, like a dream lineup for me. I really like the, the vibe they've gone for. With all those artists, they've got Boa Constructor as well. Yep. Um, Solar Bear, Snezze, Inverse Phase. So, and and the the event posters for that. The, the it's actually amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's been really really good. really good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm really good that I'm not seeing Boa actually. Um, mm. I messaged I messaged him um, a few weeks before I was heading to low level, and I said, uh, Boa, you know, is there any chance we can we can hook up, are you, coming, are you coming to low level? And he said something like, oh, I think they, he said, actually, funny story, they booked me, but then they left it for so long to get back in touch with me that I made plans to play elsewhere. So actually, mm-hmm. he, we, we kind of missed each other, so that's that a bit of a shame. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I, yeah, shout out for Kushinator as well, who's a pterodactyl squad artist. Really whoop underrated, whoop. actually. He's, he's playing on uh, Breakfast as well. So. Awesome. So yeah, Breakfast is happening right now. Uh, next, we've got Chipfest, yes. which is a UK event, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, remind me of the date of that one. Is that 20-something of September? I am it's going. the 29th of September. That's right. It's a Thursday night, isn't it? So I think Harley and myself are going to drive up from Sheffield because it's a really sick lineup, actually. Um, James from Calm Down Kidder, based in Liverpool, is putting on a rotten bit and 10k Freeman and Get Real Joe Bleeps and his own uh, project, the Tinfoil Hat Brigade. So, yeah, I think um, if you're in the area, that's a really quality lineup. A rotten bit from Italy. Italy, right? We've, yeah. we've played him on the show. Very, yeah. very intense, almost like metal, mm. really. It's very kind of dark and it's good stuff. And then 10k, obviously, just. The uh, the hardcore punk sound. Get real. Yeah. I'm not familiar with. No, me neither. Do you know much? Okay, new no. one, new one for us then. Yeah, yeah. That's a shame. Um, 
I actually played Chipfest with Chipsell and Citrix about five yeah. or six years ago now. Yeah, I remember you coming over for that. Yeah. Um, that that bring, that's another point. Me and Citrix now we've played together at this on the same event in four different continents: <laughs> um, America, so North yeah. America, um, UK, so Europe, Japan. Oh, but Japan and Australia—that's the same continent, right? No, no, no. no Asia and Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So four continents. So what's left? South America and South America, um, Africa, yeah, the Arctic's as well. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wonder which one's going to be harder. Like, well, yeah. are there chip tune gigs in Africa? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Is there even a scene? There must be in South. There might be. South yeah, Africa. South Africa. Yeah. 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 Anyway, uh, that's Chip Fest fourteen coming up on the 29th of September in the UK. Be there. Yeah. Uh, we also have one more little event to talk about, and that is Square Sounds Tokyo, which <laughs> I kind of run with David Laserbeat. Yeah, and that's com- that's coming up next week. It starts on Friday. Which yeah, I really didn't realise it was coming around that quick. I know it's it's frightening how unprepared we are. I can't believe it. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we won't talk about that. But yeah, we've got <laughs> on the main lineup the Saturday and Sunday. We've got internationally Chip Zell, uh, Deris Carlin, who is yep. an Australian. He's actually appearing with somebody from uh, Closure. Is it Closure of Moscow? Anyway, don't he's, ask he's me. A, he's appearing. He's appearing as Captive Raptors. That's that's the uh, artist name that he's appearing as, okay. not Darius Carlin. Uh, Galaxy Wolf from the UK. Yep. Atom Smasher from Perth in Australia, and then Megaran from the US. Cool. And that's all well and good, but people generally want to see the local artists. So we've we've got a bit of a mm. Bit of a uh, good lineup this time as well. We've got Master Quarter, uh, Cunio, who, to be honest, like Cunio, he's amazing. And we've <laughs> been talking about like a cheap beat to release for it must be two to three years now. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll send it next week. Yeah, yeah, I'll send it. Still nothing. I don't know what, what the guy's problem is. He really needs to release something. It's a uh, typical Japanese um, <laughs> reserve. Yeah. I've uh, got Cytone. And me, um, who else? Chibitech, Higgy Driver. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, 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 no. And his wife, Toriena. So they're going to be pairing together on Serious? They're married? You didn't know that? No. Yeah, yeah. I did not know that. That's a, whoa, chip-tune power couple. Yeah, yeah, they're a married couple. Oh, wow, that's interesting. Hmm. And they're, they're they're actually going to be moving to Tokyo at some point here soon, maybe maybe next year. So, oh, where are they based now? Kyoto. Ah, right. Yeah. Oh, I heard there's uh, a little scene going on in Kyoto. A little thing. A little scene, like a decent chip tune scene. Oh yeah, man. Uh, Master Quarter. He owns yeah. the the bar down there, the La, La Siesta. Yeah, Harley played La, there. La Siesta. Yeah. Essentially, what happens is normally it doesn't look like it's going to be like that this year, but normally. Um, when everybody comes over for Square Sounds, then they make the trip down to Kyoto the week after and play Master Quarters event in his uh, little yeah. bar. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've also got a newcomer this year on the Square Sounds um, lineup who is two mg, two milligrams. Right. Um, not sure if you're familiar with this guy. Very, very hard no. Shrant style uh, techno stuff. Ooh. Very, very cool. 
Yeah, so I'm excited to see him play live. And we we also have this kind of random artist called NSF Music Collective, <laughs> which is it's actually Halley with Bun yeah. and Tappy and Rubble Cabotot. They're all appearing together as the same individual okay. artist. Yeah, so I'm looking cool. forward to that one. Yeah, man. Um, um, just give us the dates and the details once again. Yeah, um, that's going to be this Friday, so September the 9th, which is Friday, 10th and 11th are the main uh, event days, and then um, Monday the 12th is the post-party. Pre-post-party, internationally, for the pre-post-party, we've got um, D-B-O-Y-D, which stands for Don't Blink or You'll Die. He's from uh, America. We've got um, uh, Victory Road from Australia. Okay. APOC, who is the oh, yeah. tuba-playing guy from the States. Skybox, also from the States. We've got Robot Prince, who is the Sweden... from Sweden, but lives in Sendai in, the, in Japan. Okay. Uh, Wisefryer from the Netherlands. Disquette Deluxe from the Netherlands, who is actually... Um, what was his... Oh, DS10 Dominator. That was his oh, right. previous name. And Danimal Cannon. He's actually going to be closing oh. the uh, post-party with some crazy. Wow, that's... Um... Surely that's the biggest lineup we've had. No? It's a big one. It, it, I mean, it's big every year. Um, so but I just mean in terms of quantity. Of... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm happy. I'm very happy with the, with the lineup. And the venue is, is it Koenji High again? Yep, Koen. You've never been there, right? No, what, what is it? What, is it just a normal venue? Oh, it's, it's just the absolute dog's bollocks in terms yeah. of sound system and uh, uh, record, what they're called, mixing desk. Operators, yeah. what, what do you call this? Sound, sound engineers. Sound, sound engineers, that's it. Um, it's just incredibly um, well maintained and ran. Well, it's to like be a, honest, a lot of venues in Japan are. Like, it puts true, the true. UK and elsewhere to shame. But yeah, And it's completely underground as well. You, you wouldn't even know it was there if you, right. if you didn't see it. But yeah, it's a, it's a cool place. And Sabako, which you write it as um, T-Box, Cha-Hako, Sabako. That's okay. the um, that's the pre-party venue, which um, people that have been to Square Sounds Tokyo before will know. It's the size of a UK living room, um, <laughs> but it has speakers speakers the size of a small car. So <laughs> there's nice not proportions. Lot, yeah, there's not a lot of dance floor space, but the sound's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I suppose you get that a lot in Japan, really, uh, making use of small spaces, especially yeah. with the bars, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's Square Sounds Tokyo coming up next week. Awesome. Well, good luck with that. Cheers, mate. Yeah. Uh, and if you can get any material for the podcast, then please do. But I'm sure you'll be busy slash drunk. No, 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 no. Busy slash having a good time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll do my best. I'll do my best. Yeah. Yeah, and again, if if you if you you're putting an event on that's chip tune related, and you'd like us to give it a shout out on the show, then uh, don't hesitate to get in touch. Okay, coming up now, we've got a track from I guess a relatively new artist. He's called Blenky. Um, I've seen him around at chip tune events in the UK before. He, he takes a lot of photos as well, and this is a track by him called Motorbike Spider. So check this one out.
Okay, so you just heard Motorbike Spider by Blinky and then a track called Flareon Makes Raspberry Tea by Sona Silver, which comes from an EP that guy just put out and it's kind of like, I think it's an Eevee themed EP because it's got <laughs> a track about Eevee and then um, three about, you know, his three evolution Evolved forms. forms. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Volteon and Flareon and stuff. Yeah, Jolteon. Um, which leads us nicely into the uh, the the the, the, the crazy phenomenon sweeping yeah, yeah. the uh, sweeping the globe, really. I guess. Yeah, I mean, I haven't downloaded it, but I've uh, not been able to avoid it. My sister's been playing it a lot, and she is not into video games at all. Wow. It's um, yeah, we're talking about Pokemon Go. Mm. It's just it's quite mad to me, you know, that how long Pokemon has stuck around because. I remember being like 11 years old and... How old know, are you now, Joe? Uh, you should never ask a lady her age, but <laughs> I, am, I am 29 in a few days' oh, okay. time. I was going to um, say, yeah, you were quite young then to start playing Pokemon. So. Yeah, well, this was probably 1998, around that time. And Pokemon, obviously, it was my life, like many young lads growing up. But Interesting. But it's, it's still going in 2016. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, and but it's it's not even changed that much. The people are still catching mm-hmm, the original mm-hmm. Pokemon on their iPhones now, and it's just it's well, mad. well, yeah. I mean, to be honest, I never played Pokemon. I never got into it. I never really, really, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wash your mouth out. <laughs> so this is the first time for me, like having Pokemon Go on my phone. Are you kidding a, me? No, honestly, honestly, it's the first Bloody time hell. for me. Pokemon, it was a formative experience for me. Nah, man, I never played it. I never <laughs> played it. That is madness. So, for me now, playing Pokemon Go and going, oh, that thing's called an Eevee, cool. Oh, that's a Weedle, oh, cool. <laughs> like, it's, it's, I'm literally just becoming educated in what the, the initial, um, what's it, Shodai, the... The, the original Yeah, the original set. Pokemon. Yeah, we're Mate, called, so. honestly, I... I dare say I would not be recording this podcast, probably not with you, if it wasn't for Pokemon. Because, you know, people always used to ask me, why did you go to Japan? Why did you study Japanese? And I wasn't lying when I used to say, you know, it was pretty much things like Pokemon that uh, that got me interested in Japanese culture and all that. And no, man, you're an uber otaku, mate. I used to be, when I was 11. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean... I, I was like, I, I'd go to the post office sometimes for my job, and the the woman at the post office just started talking to me about Pokemon Go. She was like, what is it? Can you explain mm, it mm, to mm. me? Like, everyone's mm. playing it. I don't understand mm. it. So, it's like, everyone's been talking about it. Yeah. Um, just touching briefly on there, you said, you know, it's not changed, and you can't believe it's, um, you know, still still going well in 2016. Yeah. From what I read is that, uh, I don't know if it was intentional or not, but the fact that it is the original Pokemon from the you know red and blue or yeah. red and green, whatever it was, um, games, and we're all like 30 and whatever now, we, we've got mobile phones, it, it kind of it allows us, older generation, of course, to, go, to go back yeah. to it. There's like yeah. a sales target almost, like, yes, it's going to appeal to young people, but it's also going to pe- appeal to the people that were there for the original because the eleven-year-olds are now twenty-nine or whatever, and exactly. they're going to have like this c- connection to it. So, 
Because yeah, ev- yeah. everyone's cashing in on the nostalgia thing. Um, mm. And obviously there are the new games, but they, the uh, the new Pokemon haven't quite entered the uh, the public consciousness mm-hmm. like like the old lot have. Um, what well, I mean, but still the old lot. I mean, you, you're talking Pikachu, maybe Bulbasaur, yeah. uh, and you know the, the the start of Pokemon. I, yeah. I honestly, well, at least for me, I didn't know anything out of those four. You know, you've got your Squirtle, your Bulbasaur. Are you honestly, honestly, your Charmander and your Pikachu. <laughs> they're the only ones that I knew. For someone who makes chip tune and uh, lives in Japan, <laughs> I, f- I honestly find that hard to believe, but fair enough. Yeah, yeah. So now, me, me, me and the kids are learning together. My two kids, we, like my boy, we'll, we'll sit on the sofa and, uh, Daddy, it's a Pidgey! It's a Rattatan! <laughs> you know, oh, yeah, yeah, it is. Well, that's good. So, I mean, um, at least you are learning. Maybe a bit late, but... Um... Soon I send this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I was reading an article, actually, that... Um, that was talking about how I'm not sure if it's available in Korea. The, the game now. That's right. Yeah. No, but, it's not. No. Right. So there is because of the way that the uh, the network grid for the the phone company is laid out over Korea. There's like a uh, one seaside town like in the in the northeast, and for some reason you can play Pokemon Go there. <laughs> it's like the only place in Korea that you can. Must be. You know, so yeah, filled with people. Exactly, everyone's been just like heading there in their droves to play Pokemon Go, and there's like a huge kind of industry that's popped up around it. And I can imagine. Yeah, there's um, people who will like look after your Pokemon for you, and um, all sorts of Pokemon themed things popping up, and I, I, that's good to see. It's just it's really nice. Internet in tourism booming, but yeah, just the way the game has kind of seeped out into you know physical reality and it's yeah, like so, affecting everyday life yeah if you want to, i i work at university um of course of course not of course but i work at a university and i work in the in the uh, liberal arts department where we have like the the english the the uh, social skills the uh, yeah. uh, what do you call it you know kirze economics it, yeah the economics department so we all work together and there's a teacher there that's involved with the idea of, you know, these hikikomoris, the, mm. the people that are withdrawn and don't go out of their house, yeah. like the, the, the geeks and that. A bit like and yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I do go out of the house, though. But still, he was saying, this, this uh, professor, um, of course, not, none of the other teachers in the department would play Pokemon Go. They're all much older than me and not as cool, obviously. <laughs> and... Um, I showed him my phone, I was like, you know, this is Pokemon Go and that, and he was like, oh yeah, I, I heard uh, a, a news story about this saying, you know, the, the, the hikikomoris, these kids that are always locked in their house, they're finally stepping outside because <laughs> of this game. Yeah. So the social impact of the game um, is kind of positive in my opinion. I think so. Um, you know, going out for a walk is generally a good thing for your physical and uh, mental health as well, so it's good. Yeah. Um, to see a lot of people just getting outside and doing exercise, I guess. Yeah, something that that um, I'm, I'm interested about on on kind of the future of this is, um, to me, this Pokemon Go is the first game that really um, embraced the idea of alternative reality or augmented yeah. reality. Right. So I'm very interested to see what kind of games come out after this. You know. Yeah. It's like we we are now kind of entering that Ghost in the Shell era where. Reality and the virtual are kind of mixed together. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, very interesting future we have. 
Well, I I I haven't started playing Pokemon Go yet. It's uh, from what I've read, um, it's a little too kind of simplistic for me to invest any time in. But they said oh, they might... ho, ho. <laughs> cut your Joe over there. This is a bit too simplistic for me. <laughs> <laughs> I have you know I have complex tastes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they said they're going to perhaps update it, didn't they? And add some new features, so I might get involved at some point. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. We were going to talk about labels, but we ended up talking about Pokemon for ages. So should we play a track and then get into the label stuff? Sure, let's do that. So coming up now, we have a track called Headsock. And this is by an artist who's fairly new to me. And the artist is called Peg Mode.
Okay, welcome back. You just heard Headsock by Peg Mode. And now we're going to have a quick chat about what we've got coming up on our respective net labels. Yeah, would you like to go first, Joe? Uh, no, I'll let you go first. Okay, um, coming up, actually, the, I think we usually release this on a Monday. So hmm. today should have been the release of Cytone, who is a Japanese chiptune artist. Uh, actually, a legend, a legend in the Japanese yes. chip scene. In the chip scene in general, Saitone is a legend. He um, probably most renowned in the West for his remix of the Michael Jackson song. And Raquel Myers, who is an awesome uh, visualist and digital artist, she did the video for it. That was my first introduction to Saitone anyway. Right. Um, he's releasing today with a little four-track EP called Dazzle. And coming up later this month, we have, um, this is the third ever chip band, if that's a thing. So yeah. we, we, we originally had um, four astronauts, then we had uh, Please Lose Battle. Yeah. And then coming up this month, we've got The Chunderfins yeah. and Aethernaut. And they've got a little four-track EP uh, coming out. So Yeah. yeah. I can't remember where I heard something by the Chunderfins, but I did hear it and I thought it was really good. Yep. So, so that's me. How about you, Joe? Yep. Um, well, obviously, we released the Weezer tribute album that we were talking about on the last show. Um, mm -hmm. That went down really well. But coming up next, um, the next release we have, we've got a couple of, we call them kind of faux soundtracks, um, like fake soundtracks. Um, for soundtracks for games that don't really exist. So the next one we're releasing is by Nez Metal, and that's going to be called Hot Dog City 2. Nice. That's coming out later this month. He released Hot Dog City 1 years ago on, on the squad, so it's good to get a sequel to that. Um, we'll definitely play something from that on the, on the next show. Um, that's coming out yeah later this month. And then after that, we've got something by L Power, who has a very distinctive sound, and this is an interesting little project. It's going to be called F13, and what it is is uh, L. Lawrence's friend, a guy called David, has been doing some kind of, I think it's a postgraduate research project, on taking a franchise or an element of pop culture and really dissecting it and seeing what puts it together and... It's different elements, and he chose to take the Friday the 13th, the horror movie franchise, mm -hmm. and dissect that. And one element of this was him um, creating a little video game for it, and he asked Lawrence to do the soundtrack, and then Lawrence got in touch with me and said, I've got this soundtrack lying around, you want to release it? He's a, he's a very humble guy, actually, and um, as usual, when he sends me stuff, I was like, yes, I definitely want to release this. So... This is a very kind of dark, atmospheric soundtrack. Really looking forward to getting it out. That's going to be coming out on Halloween. Nice. Um, <laughs> Perfect timing. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of um, extra stuff bundled in with it. Like We've got photos and, and pixel art from the game that these guys have been working on together. And That's cool. Yeah, if you fancy seeing the trailer which has some pixel art in it and um, stuff, then head on over to the, the Pterodactyl Squad Facebook page. It's facebook.com forward slash PTE Squad. And you can see this video. It's actually pretty gory. <laughs> There's like <laughs> p 
pixelated images of people getting um, the throat slit and stabbed. So that's going to be coming out in October. And then in November, we have a release by a reggae artist called Don Goliath. No way! I really want a reggae artist for cheap beats. Yeah, that's man. awesome. Um, he isn't typically a chip tune artist, but he's tried his hand right. at putting some chip tune tracks together, and they're really good. And what's his name again? Don Goliath. Don Goliath. Yeah, and that's going to be coming out in uh, November time. So it it's proper reggae, like oh, brilliant! It's just reggae in in, in a chip tune um, style, so. That's, that's your November great. release, that's, that's yeah? That's November, yeah. Sweet, sweet. I'll keep my eyes peeled for that one. Yeah. So, um, and also, obviously, we had the, the Harley release come out on Cheap Beats, didn't we? Um, we did, we did. We can't we go did. an episode without talking about this guy. Yeah, old Harley likes uh, music with his uh, second album on Cheap Beats here. With It's called 1.5. Yeah, I mean, ideally, we'd be playing a track from it on the show, but we're just that chocker today. But... Please do go check it out because it's honestly one of the best chip releases I've ever heard. So, yeah, it's a it's a cracking album. It deserves more sales. Yeah, so go and sure. buy it if you're uh, if you want to support good good music. Yeah, I went to see him actually at a venue called the Leadmill in Sheffield the other week um, for a show that he called his EP launch, and mm-hmm. uh, he just he just killed it like. People who don't listen to chip tune just—they don't know what's happening, and then by the end of the gig, they love it. So. Yeah, nice, nice. That's good to hear, man. That's really yeah. good to hear. All right. So um, coming up now, we have two tracks in a row. Um, yep. the, these are kind of uh, heavier tracks with a, a bit of guitar in there, and the first one is called "Game Over," and it's by a guy called Andy Gillian. Gillian.
Okay, you just heard two tracks there. The first one was called Game Over by Andy Gillian. The second was called Micron, and that's by Michael Zucker. Yep, and we're going to stay with the kind of heavier guitar theme for the next track as well. Um, do you remember the Nintendo core trend that was kind of happening probably 10 or 15 years ago with, um, with all the metalcore bands bringing like Nintendo synth sounds into their music? 
Hmm, 10 or 15 years ago, I wasn't actually in the chip scene, to be honest. Yeah. Well, the, I mean, neither neither was but I, I'm, really. But, but, I'm, but I'm familiar with the idea of, you know, um, NES Metal and all, you know, the, the Metal Famicom cross-hybrid things, so... Well, for me, there was one band called... Do you know Horse the Band? Ah, yeah, I'm familiar, yeah. So, they they were like a legit, like, kind of almost mainstream band in my school. Mm. And everyone used to go to their shows and saw them numerous times in Sheffield from the US. And they, term, like, created the term Nintendo Core as a joke because they did have the Nintendo, the Nintendo synth sound and they mm -hmm. mixed it with the metal thing. And then they... Um, I think I got bored of being pigeonholed and tried to reject it, but by then it was too late and this whole Nintendo core thing happened. Um, anyway, it had kind of died and gone away completely, but there's this new label on the scene called Nintendo Core Lives, and <laughs> they have a Bandcamp page, nintendocorelives.bandcamp.com, and recently they released a compilation album called Smash 64, which is kind of a concept album on Super Smash Brothers, where each of the uh, main characters has a track on this release, and it it ended up getting fairly big. This this little release it was on um, Alt Press, which is like a kind of a pop punk, really big blog and magazine in the U.S. And mm. I think it blew up pretty big, and it's a really again quality release, free download. I'd really advise you to check it out. We're gonna play a track from it now. This is the fourth track on the release. It's called Red Capped Arsonist and this is the Mario track and this is by an artist called A Challenger Approaches. Yeah, check it out and get ready for some blast beats.
Okay, you just heard a challenger approaches. The track was called Red Capped Arsonist. Kakko Mario Kakko. Yeah. Thank you very much for listening to the show again. Um, it's been a long one, but it's yeah. been a fruitful one, I hope. Uh, yeah. With some new artists for you and actually me as well. There's some new artists for me here that I wasn't mm. familiar with. So, uh, yeah. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, we have a website. The URL is Joe. Gamewave.yays.co. And uh, there you can find show notes and um, all the links and stuff like that. Yep, and you can also get in touch with us personally um, on Twitter. My address is CheapShot, just normal CheapShot, and you are? At Joe Gamewave. And if you want to get in touch with us on Facebook, we have a Facebook page, just Gamewave Podcast. Yeah, that's right. So if you have any requests or feedback or events or anything you want us to mention, then, uh, yeah, please get in touch. And finally, if you like the podcast, please rate us on iTunes with five stars because me and Joe, that's our breakfast cereal. Ah. If we don't get <laughs> if we don't get those stars, we starve. Yeah, we go hungry. Um that's a good point. We haven't even checked them this week, have we? Should we have a quick look? Let's do it. There might be something. Um, <clears throat> um one from June by JW Lol. Oh yeah. Oh, we read that. We've already read that one, yeah. Okay, so know them. Well, that's it. We're going to have to starve this month then. Ouch. No new stars. I'm sorry, cheap shot. No new stars. Stars yeah. or starve. Right, we're going to end the show with a track from Mega Neko. And the track's called Empyrean. Yeah, this is from a release called Technokinesis, which uh, came out on Shirabon's label, Hyperwave. And I've got to admit, I've been kind of addicted to this release. It's a little guilty pleasure of mine. Really I don't think stuff. you need to be guilty about it. It's a bit of a monster. <laughs> it is, actually. Um, <laughs> it's just that good. So this is one of the tracks, but again, I, I urge you to check out the whole release. It's really good stuff. Okay, so uh, thank you, Cheap Shop. Thanks to Josh for doing the interview and City Guys for the exclusive. Um, we'll see you next time on Cheap Wave number nine. Whenever that will be. Yeah. <laughs> Take it easy, guys. Yeah, see you next time. Bye-bye.